The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, Bully Ray and I get into Monday Night Raw and Austin Theory cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase for the United States Championship. Also, we talked to NWA owner and president, whose name has been in the headlines a lot lately, Billy Corgan, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The last night of of the many things that we're going to discuss happening from Monday Night Raw last night, let's talk about how Monday Night Raw ended. Seth Rollins, you know, Actually, a really good promo from Seth Rollins talked about the importance of that United States championship, which, Bully, I've been talking about a lot here because, you know, if Roman Reigns is going to be your WWE Universal champion and he's mostly on SmackDown, I've been saying that that United States championship should be the championship on Monday Night Raw. Seth, Seth Rollins said as much in his promo last night. He has the open challenge. And it looks like Ali is going to answer that open challenge. Well, things didn't go well for Ali last night. Go ahead. Did you hear the groans in the arena when Ali came up on the Titan Tron? Oh, I thought that maybe was coming from my house in Vernon, New Jersey. That actually was in the arena last night? No, that was Violetta in the bedroom knowing that the show was about to end and you were going to slide into the bed with her. That's a terrible thing to say. Yeah, but it's actually... But- but but bully, yes, it didn't seem like that that Wilkes Bear, Wilkes Barry, you know, Mohegan Sun crowd really seemed to care about Ali coming out and answering that challenge last night. But you know what? Did it matter? Because Lashley put a beat down on Ali, not once but twice. So now it looks like you know you're gonna get Bobby Lashley, and you did get a lot of Bobby Lashley, but you also got a cash-in from Austin Theory last night as well. Your thoughts of the cash-in by Austin Theory. Before we get to the cash-in, I got to clarify a couple of things. Go right ahead. I'm a little confused. Maybe you can help me. Bobby Lashley decides to beat up uh, Ali so he can get the match against Rollins, right? Yes. And get his United States Championship back. 
why not have your match against Rollins? Did I miss something? What, what do you mean? He beat the shit out of Rollins, right? Yes. Why not slot, throw Rollins in the ring, get in the ring, and tell the referee to ring the bell? I mean, if you know, if you can do that, if you're a Bobby Lashley and you can do that, why because, can't you? Know, That's exactly what Austin Theory did right before his cash in. Yeah, but Austin, but but Austin Theory is cashing in that Money in the Bank briefcase, which you can do. I understand that Bobby Lashley was on a mission to get back his United States Championship that he lost to Brock Lesnar. He comes out there and he beats the hell out of Seth Rollins. Yes. Why was beating the hell out of Seth Rollins more important to him than getting back his U.S. championship? He could have come out there, yes. beat the shit out of Seth Rollins. They even said the bell hasn't even rung yet while they were in front of the announce table and Bobby was laying the beat down on Seth. Why didn't Bobby throw Seth into the ring, get into the ring, and then tell the referee, ring the bell to start the match. Or just come out and have a match with Seth Rollins, beat him for the United States champion, and he's your new United States champion. Maybe That was my first big yeah. disconnect. I'm like, you, you just beat up Ali so you can get your shot back. You say you want your shot back, then you don't take your shot. Uh, maybe he was, and I, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Maybe he's just trying to make a statement, which is, we talked about it yesterday on the show with Mark. Are we seeing a new Bobby Lashley? It looked like he kind of turned heel on Saturday at Crown Jewel. Well, now you can definitely say he has. I guess you could, roles definitely reversed during that segment last night when it comes to Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins. To, to answer your question, Bully, I don't have an answer to your question because it doesn't make any sense to me either. Why not come out there, have a match with Seth Rollins, beat Seth Rollins, and you're the new United States champion? You just said that after last night, it seemed a little bit more definitive that Bobby Lashley was a heel. I saw nothing last night from Bobby Lashley that makes me think he's a heel. I think he's pissed off and wants to beat the shit out of everybody, and that's it. Fine. All right, so that, and maybe that's what we'll hear from Bobby Lashley, that he doesn't care about championships anymore, and now he wants to send a message to Brock Lesnar. Maybe but that's he already told me he cares about his championship. But I, I get it. I get it. But Don't you know get what? frustrated with me. I'm not, I'm, I'm not frustrated with you, Bully. I'm frustrated in general because that was a disconnect for you. But I got a huge disconnect with what happened immediately after that. And that's with Austin Theory cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase for the United States Championship. Now, as far as I know, okay, and this is what has been said to me a thousand times, if not more, by whoever had the microphone for the WWE is that when you win the money in the bank briefcase, that is your opportunity to cash in for a world championship. Now in the 20 plus years that the money in the bank briefcase has been in existence, we have seen it cashed in many, many times by many, many WWE superstars. And it's usually been cashed in either going after the WWE championship or the world heavyweight championship. And you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Not in any universe, much less the WWE universe, has anyone ever cashed in for a secondary title? That's exactly what happened last. It's not a cash in for any championship of your choosing. It's a cash in for the world championship. So in what world that you have an open championship where anybody can, you know, answer to that open championship and Austin Theory decides to cash in, not only, hey, you know what, maybe go after 
the Open Championship and go after that United States Championship. No, I'm going to cash in for the United States Championship. Like, in what world? That has never happened. That has never been stated. That has never been explained. Like, that, to me, that was just a major flaw in what happened at the end of that show last night. And they could have made sense of it if they wanted to. See, if I'm Austin Theory right now and I'm holding on to that money in the uh, bank briefcase, I'm realizing, excuse me, it's not easy to get to Roman Reigns right now. Roman isn't around every single week on Monday Night Raw, is he? No. Okay. Is Austin Theory allowed to show up on SmackDown? Yeah, I mean, it, there's only one. There's only one world champion, so of course. Okay, so he's allowed to show up on SmackDown. I'll take that off the table. Maybe Austin Theory feels like he can't get to Roman Reigns right now. Roman Reigns hasn't been put in a precarious enough situation. Roman Reigns is surrounded by his cousins, the Usos, and Solo Sokoa, and and uh, Usi Sami Zayn, and Paul Heyman. So maybe he figures. If I can't get to Roman Reigns, I'm going to try to get to Seth Rollins and a championship that's right here next to me and attainable. And I would have been fine with that if they would have told me that in a backstage promo. If somebody would have interviewed Austin and said, hey, Austin, you know, you know, when do you think you're going to be cashing in? And him saying, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. It's hard to get to Roman Reigns. So maybe there's another way I have to go about this. Something. Because, yes, I agree with you, Dave. When Austin Theory comes out and you see the look in his eyes and then before they go to commercial, like he's going to cash in on 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 Seth, you say to yourself, why? Why? What What's the point here? But they could have told us why with some kind of promo. Maybe they'll follow it up next week if we hear from if we hear from Austin Theory. But I think Austin Theory has gone the way of Carlo from uh, The Godfather. You know, yeah, no, he's, he's sleeping with the fishes right now. Like yeah. I feel like Brazzi, Carlo and Fredo and, I, and uh, Austin Theory. I feel like Triple H took care of all family business last night. Like, I yep. feel like while he was uh, in church, I like Ali uh, and we'll get into that. Dexter Loomis and we'll get into <clears> that. <throat> um, what we saw with Austin Theory, obviously more to get into with that. Like there, there was he took care of all family business. Like the twenty four seven championship, he took care of that. Like, and we yeah, and but we'll he couldn't get, count on Nikki Cross to throw it in the trash. You know what? That that scene, that segment, summed up the show for me last night. Yep. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors. No prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart. Protein Plus and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Babchitz. Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you have never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Babchitz Morning After on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode. NWA owner and president, the one and only Billy Corgan. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm good. I'm in Denver. We just played uh, Pumpkins 10,000 Strong last night in Denver. Biggest tour we've been on since 97. So we're rocking out here. Things are good. So thank you for asking. Been following the tour on social media. Seems like it's going absolutely amazing for you guys. It's crazy because all of a sudden we have a lot of young fans. I don't know. Streaming. uh, You know, we get used a lot for Netflix TV shows, stuff like that. All of a sudden, it's just the crowds are super young. It's awesome. The enthusiasm is up. And of course, it, we feel it in the band and that's making us play better. And we are professionals, but you know, you can't help but notice there's a lot of people there and a lot of kids. So it, it's it's definitely a, a great time for the band. So Billy, obviously, you know, you know, as you just said, a lot of controversy. You've been, man, you're all over the news this week, which I guess could be a good thing because you do have a big pay-per-view coming up at Hard Times Straight. And I'm looking at them. Bully and I looked at the uh, the card up and down, and this is going to be a big show this weekend. But we have we ha- let's 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 get it right out here at the beginning of the interview, and that is uh, Nick Aldis and what's going on with Nick Aldis. Billy, uh, as you know, I have been a huge supporter of the NWA. Uh, I, I feel like what you've been able to do for the NWA. Over the last five years, you took a, a company and an organization that was probably just about close to death as you can possibly be. And you were able to rejuvenate it, revitalize it, get a lot of buzz around it. And that, a lot of that has to do with your vision and your creativity. But at the same time, I feel like Nick Aldis has been definitely somebody that has helped you with that plan. He's somebody that has waved the flag of the NWA for five years. This is nothing against the Tim Storm, who I thought did a good job as champion, but I think you would agree that Nick Aldis took it to another level. I was talking about it with Bully earlier on in the show. Um, I felt probably the most significant show over the last 25 to 30 years uh, was All Out. And I believe that the main event in that show should have been Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I still stand by that statement today. And obviously, Nick Aldis was your NWA champion. What happened here? Because I felt like this was a relationship that worked, that was successful. What went wrong and why? Well, let's let's give a little context real quick. Okay, so Nick Aldis and I entered into a business relationship five years ago where we bet on one another. And that proved to be a good bet. Okay. Nick Aldis has been the highest paid talent in the NWA the entire time, without question. Nick knows that. Nick's had a lot of say, not only over the company, but also how he was booked. Okay. That's fine. That's all transparent. That's stuff we've talked about in the past. Um, Why is a man who a week ago, who emailed us and said, hey, thanks for everything you've done. I'm going to kind of move on. We're like, cool. Okay. That's it. He gave his notice privately. Okay, we didn't do anything. Did we retaliate? Did we leak some rumor? Nick's uh, 
this or that. No, we didn't say anything. We, we got shows booked. Nick's on the card. Nick's doing interviews, by the way, for the pay-per-view. Why is a guy who's so disgruntled doing interviews for the pay-per-view? We're in business, right? Um, a couple days ago, he does a video where he says, okay, I'm, opt I'm opting out of my contract or whatever. He says it publicly. I wouldn't do business that way, but it's his choice. I didn't like it, but okay, it's fine. He's leaving in 55 days or something, right? Just do your business and go on out the door. That's fine. And hopefully we'll do business down the road. Then he starts blasting the product. Now I want to remind everybody that everything that he said, I've been hearing that stuff for years. It's not like I heard it and I got all sensitive. Oh my God, what is he saying? But ask yourself, why in a pay-per-view week with a talent who's leaving the com uh, company, does he decide to start blasting me and the product 55 days before he's out and he can just go out and do out whatever he's going to do? Why does he have to bury the locker room? Why does he have to bury the product? And again, I've heard all this stuff privately for years. These are not new criticisms. He and I have battled about the product for years, and he's helped make the product behind the scenes better with those battles. So this is not a sensitive reactionary thing. But how do I, as the leader of this company, allow a key talent, the most highly visible talent in the company, up until he opens his mouth and tells people he's leaving, blast the company, okay? By the way, he's still under contract and he's still being paid. So we disinvite him. Hey, we don't want you to show up. We didn't take away his money. He's still being paid. But I can't have a guy like that show up because what message does this send to the locker room? There's a lot of people in the locker room where they're not happy about this. They have to go do their job. Why is the focus not on Matt Cardona, Tyrus, and Trevor Murdoch, or Camille, Kylan King, and Chelsea? The focus is on Nick Aldis, who, by the way, is not on the show anymore. So you can understand sort of the, it's not an animosity. It's like, why are we doing this? Definitely can hear a different tone in your voice on this one, Billy. Um, what has Nick said publicly that you completely disagree with or that has pissed you off? Nothing. I just think it's talk, talking about these things in public. I don't understand what the point is. Why is he working an angle when he's leaving? Why is he using the NWA's good name or my good name to get himself over in a way that's not necessary? If he's everything he thinks he is, go into the free market like any free agent and test your metal. He's working. OK, and I'm using the industry term here. OK, he's working something. I don't know what he's working but he's willing to sacrifice me and the NWA to prove something or get something going or get out early to go do something because somebody's given him an Iggy and said, hey, if you can get out early, this is this is not cool. He's under contract. He's a paid talent. He didn't come to us privately and say, hey, I'd like to get out early for X, Y, and Z. I've been in those situations. I've been in those situations. I can deal with those things. I used to tell Nick in the early days of the NWA, if Vince calls you tomorrow and wants you to go, I'll release you from your contract. So why is a guy like that, me, who's willing to let a guy go chase bigger opportunities, why does this guy got to burn down the company 50-something days out when he could just leave in 50 days? It's not what he said. I've heard it all. And, and criticisms of the company are valid. That's, it's, it's okay. But why is a key talent who's supposed to be a locker room leader doing this on the way out, basically setting the, the, the pay-per-view into a weird cloud. And then after we publicly said, hey, look, he's not gonna be on the pay-per-view, okay? Then he tweets 
Like, so we're behind the Twitter poll. Like, what are we on the schoolyard now? Behind the Twitter poll. Hey, I was prepared, fans. Sorry, I won't be there. I was prepared to perform. Don't watch the product. It's terrible, but I want to be there. I mean, come on. That's not a clear message. That's somebody who's working something that I can't see. If Nick's smarter than me, I can't, I can't figure this out. This is some sort of Russo stuff. It's beyond me. Why not just pack your bags, finish your contract out, go, and then say what you want to say. And then it's not within the bounds of the company. It's two men talking. If you want to talk openly, like he wants to go on and blast me somewhere, okay, then I can go on that same podcast and I can blast him. But we're not fighting over the company. But he's in the company. He's a paid talent. So what am I supposed to do? He, you're basically creating a scenario where every time somebody wants out, they, they're going to follow the Nick Aldis plan. You guys have had a relationship for so long. Earlier on in the show, I was talking to Dave and I was like, it almost reminds me in some weird way of the relationship that Hulk had with Vince McMahon, how they needed each other to get a company to a certain spot. And you needed Nick and Nick needed you. And I'm sure that your lines of communications over the years have been, you could pick up a phone at three o'clock in the morning and talk to each other if you needed to. You'd probably take a call from him the minute you came off stage. You're telling me all he did was send you an email giving you his notice. There was never a call from Nick. There was never anything about, hey, Billy, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't like my spot. I'm, I'm just making stuff up now. I don't like my spot in the company. I don't like the direction of the creative. There was never an actual phone call, a face-to-face, -face, a Zoom, a, a, a no. FaceTime, zero? No, no. Everything's been cool. Communication has been good. He sent the email to Pat, Kenny, who runs Talent Relations. Pat called me and said, I just got an email from Nick, basically saying, thanks for everything. I'm going to move on. We said, okay, he wants to go. It's time. You know, it, we have to turn the page. This stuff happens. We're, we're not, you know, a billion dollar company. It's okay. I, I had no anima. It, there was, when I got that message through Pat, I didn't like it in the sense that I felt it would have been better if he jumped on a Zoom so we could talk it through. Okay, but he just, he chose to do it that way. He did it legally. Okay, fine. He gave us, he gave his legal notice. There was no heat. And again, we didn't run to some dirt sheet. We didn't start doing some weird, we just accepted it. And we started planning, okay, How's Nick going to leave the company? What are we going to do business-wise, wrestling-wise? What's best for the company? And talking about what Nick would probably be comfortable with and not be comfortable with on his way out the door. That's it. That's, that's the extent of my uh, issue. Now, a guy I've been in business with for years, okay, who I've known for over a decade easily personally, whose wife I've known, who works with you for over 20 years, now it's like the Twitter thing. Like, what is this? He's working an angle. I mean, look, this is a very sophisticated audience. You have the most sophisticated wrestling fan audience in uh, anywhere. That's why this show is so successful. So I'm speaking to smart people here. He's working an angle. I don't know what the angle is, but why? If, why would you build up a company, put your name on a company, put your face on the poster, and then on the way out the door goes, eh, to heck with it. That doesn't make any sense because in a way he's burying himself. Why would Nick Aldis be willing to bury himself on the way out the door? Because he's doing something. It's so obvious. See, it's, it's, it's weird for me, Billy, because obviously being a fan of the NWA, being a fan of yours, being a fan of Nick Aldis, this is the last thing that I wanted to see, especially this close 
to a pay-per-view. And I, if anything, probably this could have been the swan song for Nick Aldis coming up in New Orleans for Hard Times 3. And it's, I, I'm sure it's always difficult for somebody like you for there to be a little bit of a cloud right before a pay-per-view over this company because everyone's, ta- instead of talking about the matches, people are talking about this. But when you look at Nick Aldis and you look at the success that he's brought to the NWA, I think you would agree that Nick Aldis has brought a lot of success to the NWA, a lot of buzz to the NWA. Could there have been anything that could have happened between the two of you, at least to just finish off this contract the right way to say, to sit down and say, listen, I have done a lot for you. You have done a lot for me for the fans sake. Let's finish this off the right way. When a person goes scorched earth, there's no, where, where do you go back? What did people look when I was on here a few months ago and I went off of Nick, we were working. That was an angle. We were working because Nick, all plans were Nick was going to stay with the company in 2023. So yeah. Is it an original angle, right? Uh, Stone cold and Mr. McMahon. No. Right. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to pit against each other. And we talked about maybe I turn and be healed with him. We talked about all sorts of scenarios for 2023. So when I was on here blasting Nick with his permission, I was going to blast him. He was going to blast me. So we started build it started building up the seat. So part of what feeds into the story that's happening now was a work story. Everything's been totally cool. And listen, he told me over and over again what he didn't like about the product. And I told him articulately what I liked about the product, but I didn't like what my reasons were. And basically said, if you don't like it, you can go, obviously, or start your own wrestling company. This is the NWA. This is my company. I invest my time and my money and go away from my kids to work on the NWA as something I really, really care about. Okay. And that's it. It's all transparent. You know, I come on here and I tell you the truth. I'm very different that way. I'm very transparent. I would prefer that the last image you have of Nick Aldis in NWA ring is his hand raised. And I don't want to get into conspiratorial stuff. Like he didn't like the way he was being booked and all stuff. Who cares? He didn't want to do business the right way. He went into business for himself, right? That's what where we're at. Now he's put the whole company in a position where we have to defend what? What are we defending? Nick Aldis doesn't like the NWA. Okay. Let the people that are here, and it's a great card, let them go out and prove why he's wrong. That's it. It's not complicated. Is there anything that, well, I guess at this point, probably not, but because, you know, it seems like now you've moved on and Nick Aldis has moved on. I, I, is there anything that could happen the 11th hour where we could possibly see Nick this weekend in New Orleans? I, I was, I was hopeful that, that whatever he's after, you know, if, 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 if we entered into some sort of conversation, like, Hey, do you want to get out early? What's this about? But once he started bringing Mickey into the whole thing and a bunch of other private business involving empower and now, People are all animated. And it's, it's like, come on, man. Nick, look, Nick's a smart dude. He's a smart guy. Nick is intimately aware of how my world works, how my businesses work. He knows my my world. I mean, he's he's been in my world. Not many people are in my world. And I'm not saying that like some big rock star. I, I live a crazy life. Not many people are in that. Okay. Nick's a smart dude. He understands like by pushing some of these buttons, it's going to get a lot of juice going. All I'm t- saying to the audience and I'm not positing a theory. I'm just saying to the audience, can't you see if a guy's leaving in 50 days and he, all he's got to do is fulfill four more wrestling dates, 
why go scorched earth on the company? Why? If you want to go scorched earth the company, leave the company and then go scorch earth. Then we're having a different conversation. Well, he left and here's his reasons. And well, he's gone and let's focus on the NWA. No, now he's made the NWA about him, but not for wrestling. And that buries the locker room. He ain't burying me. He ain't going to bury me. People tried to bury me for 35 years. He ain't going to bury me. He's burying the NWA. He's burying what he helped build up. Why? Has he made it about himself on his way out? Because maybe he feels that it wasn't meant to be about him enough lately? Well, that's definitely uh, worth uh, exploring. He wasn't happy with the way he was booked, but he told me that. And we talked about that. Well, okay, he wasn't happy with the way he was booked, which, listen, every wrestler on the planet at one point of their career, they don't like the way they're booked, probably more than one time. Did you feel that there was any merit to his side of the story about the way he was being booked at this juncture of the NWA? Yes, of course. He's a top guy, and he believes he's a top guy, and he believes the company runs best when he's in the top position. He was very clear about that in his beautiful English accent, right? And I told him, I can't build a company around one person. I, I, okay, I know Vince isn't the most uh, popular person in the world because of how everything's gone with the WWE. Let's just talk about Vince as a booker, okay? Just Vince McMahon as a booker. At the height of the Attitude Era, it wasn't just Stone Cold, it was Stone Cold, Taker, Rock, Mankind. And I would point to that and say, look, I've got to get other people over to get this company heated up. This can't just be about you. That's it. It's not complicated. It would be like going to a power hitter on a, on a team that's you know not winning the championship and saying, look, I got to build around other people here. I can't just make it about you. It's, it's a tough discussion to have because I think you would agree probably the biggest moments and probably business-wise the biggest moments was when Nick Aldis was on top and was your NWA World Heavyweight Champion. True, true. But you also see a point of burnout because fans want to see stories. If it's just one story, then it's the Nick Wrestling Alliance. It's the National Wrestling Alliance with 74 plus years of history. And by the way, and he would tell this you this himself, he thinks a lot of the guys in the locker room are hell, hell of workers. It's not like he's sitting there burying other guys. He told me, this guy's a great worker. This guy's a great worker. So I would say, okay, let me get these guys in position. So then it's, you know, Hagler Hearns. You know, what everybody doesn't remember Muhammad Ali and nobody. It's Ali Frazier. You got to get guys in that position. Um, you, you mentioned NWA and power. Obviously, NWA 73, that whole weekend was absolutely tremendous. Uh, the NWA Empower show, I thought was a groundbreaking show. Mickey James, as you know, as you said, friends with, did a phenomenal job. And then, like, there's all these comments that are surfacing now about your feelings about women's wrestling. Has that been taken out of context? Has that been taken the wrong way? Nothing is more dumb than trying to spin a guy in me who ran an all-women's pay-per-view that was a huge success. I built it around... Mickey James as a talent and as a personality, I endorsed that whole thing. I let her build the card. I lost money doing it, but now I'm against women's wrestling. People, come on, this is so silly. 
The conversations with Mickey were about running a subsequent in power. I said, and this goes back to my experiences in rock and roll, if it's not going to be as good or better, we probably shouldn't do it right now. If people remember what I said, and they obviously don't, I said, there isn't enough top available talent on the market right now. Tony Khan has signed a tremendous amount of top female talent. There weren't as many available talents. I'm not in a working relationship with AEW right now. I can't just pick up the phone and go, hey, can you send me some people? Part of that was Tony trying to take credit for what Mickey had accomplished. Okay, so we were in discussions with Impact about doing something. You know what I mean? I, it's, it, I can't, I'm not a miracle worker. If I'm going to say, look, this is a night about empowerment. And by the way, empowerment to me means empowering people who have not had an opportunity to speak at the grand stage before. So empower just isn't about all female. It's giving different people with different voices the opportunity. And that was part of the discussion with Mickey about how we can, like, it doesn't have to sort of just be like the built around you. There's other ways to do this. And we didn't, we didn't agree on the business part of it. So we tabled it and said, let's do it for a later date. If she took that wrong, I apologize. But let me, let me say one thing personally. I've known Mickey James, as I said before, for 20 years. I've only been in, business, in the wrestling business with Mickey for a few years. Because I think of Mickey as a friend first. I'm thinking if Mickey's got a problem with me, Mickey should pick up the phone and go, I didn't like the way this went down, blah, blah, blah. By the way, the issues with uh, Mickey never came up with Nick in the last six months. So if it's this huge issue, I'm leaving the company because of, never came up, never came up, not once. And I'll remind you that if it was an issue from when the issue would have started, which was around NWA 74 or before when we were booking it out, Nick Aldis has worked for the company another 10, 15 times and been paid. So like, like all of a sudden it's this, oh my God, like, no, it's people are throwing logs on the fire to create some smoke to divert from the fact that they're on about something. Now I'm not saying you're going to turn on your television. It's like, there's, there are the Aldises on, you know, somebody else's program, but it seems pretty obvious to me. They're after something in, she doesn't work for me but he does. They want to get out early for some reason. Just say you want to get out. No, it's this weird thing of like, I got to be baby face and bury the company. It's, it's bad conspiracy stuff. So now I'm in a position of defending something that doesn't need to be defended. There's nothing to defend. Billy, you've had to defend your entire rock and roll career to the point where it, it had to get frustrating at times. Meanwhile, you're still one of the most successful uh, recording ad artists of all time. Uh, you're in the pro wrestling business. Does stuff like this discourage you to the point where you kind of want to throw your hands in the air and go, you know what, screw it. This ain't worth it. Uh, I don't I don't want to be in the pro wrestling business anymore. Or does, does this fuel the fire for you? It, it goes both ways. I definitely find myself sitting there before a concert and I, I'm not joking. I'm not hyping, you know, to, to quote Ricky Morton, they were swinging from the rafters last night. There were 10,000 strong in Denver last night. What am I thinking about an hour before the show? The NWA, not, Hey, I hope this is cards going to work. Is everybody okay? Are the flights going to work? You know, no, I'm thinking about this situation with the talent that's no longer on the card. That's unfortunate. Yes. That disincentivizes me from wanting to stay in the business. And let me say one small thing, and this is a personal thing, but I've said this for years and I, and I ask people just to kindly hear me out. I'm a, I'm a famous name and I know not everybody in wrestling cares about that, but when you use my name, it does tend to amplify 
in clickbait world stuff. You know, so it's so-and-so blast Corgan and all this stuff. So there are times where talent in the past have used my name to artificially fuel something that they're working. Zicky Dice and I had this weird, crazy falling out where Zicky was saying also, me and Zicky are totally cool now. We totally made up. But Zicky used my name to kind of run his own little angle. And he knew what he was doing and he got some pub for it. Great. You know what I mean? I love Zicky. Zicky's a great guy, super talented. But it was silly because he was just he was just going off my name. Now, I'm not saying Nick Aldis needs to worry about my name in wrestling. Nick Aldis should stand on Nick Aldis's name. That's it. Why Nick's even bringing Mickey into this? That's just crazy to me. How do you think Nick Aldis will fare outside of the NWA? I think he's going to have a tough time. Not as a wrestling talent. But I think you see the way he's dealing with this publicly. I I can't imagine that any company is looking at this and thinking this is a good way to do business. Look, he was tied with me for five years. Okay, we did business for five years. I paid him a lot of money. Okay, take your money, shake your hands and go. Why the big ruckus? I think it belies a deeper insecurity. Nick believes that he's the top guy. Okay, now we're going to see it. I wish him well. I, I invested in him because I believe he's a top guy. I was warned about this Nick Aldis before I signed Nick Aldis. As long as I gave Nick Aldis what he wanted, Nick Aldis was cheesecake and flowers. Now I'm meeting the Nick Aldis that I was warned about, that people in other companies warned me about before I signed Nick Aldis. Okay, if that makes me a dummy, I don't think so. I think it's been a good play overall. Does this leave a sour taste in the mouth? Of course. Why? Does he really want to bury the locker room? Does he really want to bury Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona? And Tyrus, does he really want to bury people that he does respect? Tom Latham is, is Nick's best friend in the world. We have a match, Tom Latimer versus EC3. Does he want to bury that match too? Is that is that what he hates? So is that what's so embarrassing about the NWA? Tom Latimer versus EC3. Am I supposed to come out here and apologize? Hey, everybody, I'm so sorry. Latimer versus EC3. I'm sorry to make you watch that. This this ridiculous. No, he doesn't like a lot of the mid-card stuff. I grew up in a time where that kind of stuff was important in a different way. And I'm not here to defend it. I'm just saying, if you look at my vision of wrestling, which not everybody agrees with, that's my bet. Let me tell you, when I'm in uh, uh, meetings with network executives, they like the program. I've been having a ton of meetings in the last six months with TV executives talking about the future of the NWA. They like the program. These are not wrestling fans. My argument for years has been wrestling community. You have to appeal to non-wrestling fans to get the numbers back up. You cannot just appeal to the hardcore fans that know where MJF buys his scarves. You, you have to go past that. That's the business. Nick said, it's all about business. Is what Nick's doing right now strictly about business? Not at all. That's so obvious to me. Nick's a, a talented professional wrestler. He's working the crowd. He's working the marks. He's working the dirt sheets. Have at it. When this, when this dust settles, and it will eventually settle, okay, we will get to see if Nick Aldis is as good as he thinks he is. Billy, this is, this is really tough for me because obviously Mickey James is a, is a part of our family and is a part of our show. Nick Aldis has been a friend of the show, obviously a friend of yours, and has been a draw for you and the company. I, I do believe Nick Aldis is a top guy. I believe Nick Aldis will continue to have success outside the NWA, I'm as a fan of his and a fan of yours in the NWA, 
I, I really feel awful that this is how this relationship ended, especially following your story from day one. You know, being a part of it and watching the YouTube series and watching what you guys have been able to accomplish. It does hurt me as a fan of the NWA that this is the way that this relationship ended. Well, I feel the same way in, in this regard. None of this needed to be public. Like, we could still have all these feelings, these intense feelings, you know what I mean? We could all be holding our teddy bears and st- still think, be thinking what we're thinking. But why is this in public? That's my argument. And again, there's nothing Nick has said that I have not heard. Criticism wise. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Nick picked this fight. Okay. Now we're in wrestling land, right? Billy Corrigan stumbles up and off the gig and I got to go into wrestling. Okay. Here I'm in wrestling land with you. This is wrestling heaven right here. Busted open. What are we talking about? A talent running a non-wrestling angle angle. He picked the fight. Okay. Now he's in a fight. I'm not a weakling. I've been in the public forum for 34 years. Nick wants to fight. Let's fight. That's not a challenge. Do you hear me blasting, Nick? Do you hear me spilling out the family secrets? No. I'm talking about it strictly on the business level. This is a stupid play. He will regret this play later. I believe it hurts his stock in the public. If he and I were talking about it, he was talking about running the angle on somebody else, I would say don't do it. Nick had a reputation before coming in the NWA as a bit of a headache and a locker room problem. Okay, he's just reinforcing a stereotype that he spent five years in the NWA erasing. Why? It's bad for business. It's bad for bad for Nick, all this business. I hope none of this rubs off on Mickey. Hopefully I, I can resolve my issues with Mickey down the road. But again, and just to hit touch on that for a second. The issues between me and Mickey were all about business. It was nothing personal. So if she felt disrespected, she felt disrespected on a wrestling business level. I would never, ever disrespect Mickey James as a woman and as a talent. Mickey James is a Hall of Famer, period. There's no asterisk there. One of the greatest female professional wrestlers ever, easy. There's no doubt. But you would agree, though, Billy, that there is, things are going to get personal when, like, a Nick Aldis gave so much. And I, and, I, and I know that you gave a lot to him financially, and you said that earlier in the interview. But, like, Nick Aldis giving a lot, giving his heart and soul. Bully and I were talking about it before. During the pandemic, when there were no shows running, he would come on the show to make sure that everybody was reminded of the NWA. You know, this was – the NWA was a huge part of his life. So I can understand him taking it to a personal level just as opposed to a business level. But, But again, why public? Why does this need to be in public? Why? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, everybody, I book wrestling. Okay. He's running an angle. He's running an angle. You guys are smarter. I'm talking to the audience. You're smarter than I am. You, you figure out what the angle is. All right, Billy, gun to your head. He's running an angle. Are you too? Are you running an angle also? No, no. This is all a shoot. Straight shoot. I, okay. I don't want, listen, I love talking to you guys. I wish we spent 30 minutes talking about the card. Yeah, Actually, I, this I, is going to be my next question because I want to end on a positive because we spent yes. a lot of time talking. Listen, we needed to talk about this. We needed to get your side of the story. But I do want to talk about Hard Times 3. Uh, I, I love your main events. I love, uh, you know, with Tyrus Cardona and Trevor for the NWA um, World Heavyweight Championship. And I'm digging, obviously, Camille 
and Kylan and Chelsea for the NWA Women's Championship, the Burke. If nobody has ever watched an NWA pay-per-view before, why is Hard Times 3 the perfect opportunity to invest in and buy into the NWA? Let's go right at Nick Aldis' criticism. He said this, the product is embarrassing. Okay, watch those two matches and tell me the product's embarrassing. It's, it, 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 this is top-level professional wrestling. These are hard-hitting men and women who believe in the sport, who've traveled completely different journeys to get here. And the NWA is a stage, and I'm giving them that stage to do what they do. They do great. If that if that doesn't do it for you, I like to say if, you, if that doesn't do it for you, you're not a wrestler. If you don't like uh, this thing or that thing, you know some some fun stuff. Okay, fine. At the end of the day, if those main events don't do it for you, then the NWA is not for you. It's it's it, it can't be more complicated than that. NWA Hard Times 3 in New Orleans this Saturday. If you're not able to get there live, you can watch it on Fight TV. Billy, thank you for being open and honest with us. Thanks for the time and continued success with the NWA. And obviously everything thank you that's as going always. on with your tour. Thank you, Billy. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.